0: The.
1: Welcome to 666 Shock Avenue, your home for the grotesque, the profane, and the disturbing. Hi, as always, I'm your host, Clint, and we are thrilled to have you with us here on Season 4. Yes, Season 4 is here upon us now, and we are very excited. Uh, we have the new uh, location at 61366 Studios. We're trying a different mic today, and I didn't much like the sound quality before, and that's what happens when you don't have a proper mic set up on your podcasting desk or in your studio in general. So I just was really glad to get this thing out of uh, storage. When it w- when was that? Uh, it was Monday, in fact, I believe. So yeah, Monday it was. So here I am now. I'm on the high-def mic that I used to have with the high-pitched wheel. No worries. It can be done in post-edit post-production, whatever you call it. No, no, I just call it, uh, well, you know, uh, the solution, really. Um, I wanted to just say thank you for sticking with us and joining us here on Season 4. Um, of course, it is, uh, August now, and we know that means it's only one step closer to cooler temperatures, so we hope it's been like a sauna- down here really more like a blazing inferno we've had a lot of days straight here in the south and uh, the southern states of uh, beyond uh you know just plain torture on the weather and it's been above 100 degrees so much on the hottest day that we had it was like 113 and it was like uh, what was it like I think I mentioned it in a previous podcast on that particular day, I think it was like 100 something, or not 100, it was like 98 or 99 at like 9pm, I mean, what kind of deal is that, right? So anyway, so we're here now, and we are here to stay, and there's a lot more organization at this moment than what there used to be, so that means I can drop a podcast now every single Friday, which I plan on doing. So that means uh we'll be getting a podcast every Friday. But today, of course, never fear, it is August. And um as a matter of fact, August the fifth to be exact. And um very, very uh glad to be doing this. And of course these are going to be pre-recorded podcasts. <laughs> So, your August 5th is not my August 5th. Um, my August 5th
0: that
1: I'm broadcasting this now came in the form of uh, July 26th on a Tuesday. And I figure I might as well get this while I can. Don't forget that uh, if you've been on social media and been poking around the pages, you've seen live advertisements for 3AM Chills and some movie review podcasts hosted by yours truly. And, um, hopefully that'll be more to your liking. Um, if old movies and new movies are your thing, you'll like 3 a.m. chills. So, uh, you'll get a preview probably, uh, let's see here. Check the calendar for when you can exactly get a preview. I think August the 19th I will drop a preview for 3 a.m. chills. Yeah, August the 12th, really, I think I'll drop a preview for 3 a.m. chills. And they'll run on on the nineteenth, twenty-sixth as well, and you'll hear um, previews of the AM shows. Like I said, some sad news to report. Actually, Um, so on July twenty-fourth, David Warner uh, passed away. David Warner. uh, Many of you might recognize that name. Many of you might say, "Who is David Warner?" Well, David Warner was a big time entertainment veteran, and uh he actually played in movies such as The Omen which is to a lot of your liking I'm pretty sure um also from Beyond the Grave um so in The Omen he played Keith Jennings if that jump starts any memories of who he may be from Beyond the Grave Edward uh, Charlton and um a lot of other good movies. so 39 Steps, Nightwing, The Concord, Airport 79, Time After Time, The Island, Time Bandits, The French Lieutenant's Woman. Some of these are not exactly uh, horror related. Uh, for you Tron fans, uh, 1982. He was Ed Dillinger and. Uh, uh, what's like? Master Control Program as well as Sark, and so those of you who are into Tron fans especially those of you who watched it in the 80's um, he was in that as well uh, for you Trekkies, Star Trek 5, The Final Frontier he was St. John Talbot and um, in The Secret of the Ooze, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 The Secret of the Ooze Professor Jordan Perry and uh, Star Trek 6 uh, The Undiscovered Country again for you Trekkies uh, Chancellor American. And um, many, many more. Uh, he was yeah. in H.P. Lovecraft's Necronomicon as Dr. Madden, which I remember him from that. I love that movie. Uh, very good movie. For those of you who are Lovecraftians and uh, really love Lovecraft, definitely check out Necronomicon if you haven't already. Uh, he also played in Titanic, Spicer, Lovejoy, Scream to His Gus Gold. And I even did a children's thing. Uh, he narrated Pooh's Grand Adventure, The Search for Christopher Robin, many, many more, The of the Apes, Senator Sandar. And I know I keep saying last but not least, but this guy is such an impressive thing. His last role listed on Wikipedia was Mary Poppins Returns as Admiral Pooh. And he also did some uh, pretty good... Uh, Pretty interesting, rather I should say. Uh, TV in 1978, he played Reinhard, Reinhard Heydrich, in Holocaust. That was in 1978, 79. He played Lawrence Beasley in SOS Titanic, and he um, was Bob Cratchit in Christmas Carol in 1984. The man was an amazing, amazing man. Uh, he appeared uh, in Star Trek: The Next Generation. Uh, two episodes of the play. Tales from the Crypt, Uh, The New Arrival, played Alan Kent, and if I could pick one last one. He has a very impressive resume. Definitely, definitely check it out. He also did The Outer Limits, Total Recall, uh, 2070, Superman, the Animated Series. And uh, 2020, Teen Titans Go, he was the voice of the low and that was his last one he also did some audio dramas: uh Doctor Who Empathy Games Doctor Who Masters of War Dark Shadows Kingdom of the Dead and uh Doctor Who Demons and the Resurrection um I just made a few things Oh uh, my 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 how are we ever going to replace such a bright and shining star rest in peace David Warner you are going to be sorely sorely missed on many many levels um So, that is the most notable celebrity death, of course. I believe I said last time that James Caan has passed away. Of course, we saw him in The Godfather. And it was, uh... He was just an amazing actor. Uh, by the way, uh... I believe David Warner... Uh... I think he passed with cancer, to be honest. Um... James Conn. In fact, uh, I found out that he passed away of a myocardial infarction or something like that. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a really sad deal whenever one of the heavyweights in Hollywood dies. Sub-recognition, uh, there were. The rest were even stronger. It's really sad when someone in the Hollywood scene passes away. Or a SMP state reporter, you will be missed on a whole bunch of circuits. Uh, let's see here. What else is going on? Uh, other than it being um, doomsday, i see a lot of news about fireballs across the sky. In uh, the southern states, uh, Dallas-Texas reported one. Uh have from Dallas. Thank you. Um, Also, Wichita Falls, Texas, had seen one. And it was spotted as far as Meshikshay, Oklahoma, near me, in Lot of course. And anyone traveling along the route could easily see the fireball. There have also been a lot of people that saying that there are satellites across the sky. And some people say they look like UFOs, etc., etc. Who knows? Are we alone? David Duchovny and tell us um Mulder and Scully were uh, David Duchovny he actually went along to do um uh, was a it Californication where he played uh, the starring role as the writer uh that was pretty much uh well he he's a huge womanizer and uh he's got this really bad boy attitude on him that a lot of people seem to enjoy David to come, you know, he needs to tell us whether or not we're alone. The truth is out there, we just have to find it. So, in search of the first episode of Season 4, I don't know why I said it was going to be, of course, I changed my show material, like, some people should change underwear. And I got to thinking, you know, y'all like uh, the urban legends and everything else, so I thought, why not explore... I want to take a little road trip to the country of Ireland for Five Irish Legends, and this is written by Keith O'Hara, Five Irish Legends that Frightened Me as a Kid. Of course, I de-rated that title, and um, one of the letters is just an asterisk, but we know what you mean, Mr. O'Hara. By the way, brilliantly written article, and um, it's always interesting to look, I mean, we have. Like the legend of the skinwalkers, we have um a lot of different legends here in the States, and uh Native Americans, of course, the Skinwalkers. And we also have like Bigfoot and all that. But Irish mythology is Ireland in and of itself is a mystical land with a very mystical history, and even more mystical folklore, I believe. Um so, um, this guy, uh, Keith O'Hara, he writes a very good article on this, and, uh, he outlines five what he calls mad myths in Irish folklore. Now, I don't speak Irish. All I know is, do you do it? you Or something like that, which means hello or whatever. Um, uh, I don't understand. So Nihigani or something like that, no. Nihengalen, I don't understand Irish. There we go. That's my Irish for you. Nihalen. Nihigang, yeah. With a little southern twist. So the the pronunciation of these, uh for anyone listening that knows Irish or how these are pronounced, or even of these legends, I apologize for the horrifically bad mispronunciation or pardon the phrase, butchering of the word, and um, I'm going to do my best, and so, of course, he lists one through five, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to do a backwards countdown, I believe, because in the tradition of the uh, five to one countdown, you know, uh, I just think it's more appropriate to start with five, Keep you in suspense all the way to number one and see what you think. And of course, always email the show, RomanNightmares at Mail.com, and let me know what you think and what you thought and what you thought um, of the show in general and its new direction. So anyway, we have number five, the Puka, P-U-C-A, one of the less creepy Irish legends. It would never hurt anyone, that's the thing. It still freaks out the kids though, and the true form of puka changes depending on who's telling the story. So it's kind of like one of those fish stories, I believe, like I went fishing, caught three inch fish, six inch fish, one foot fish, uh, three foot fish, and then like caught an entire tiger shark out of the lake, you know, that kind of thing, but um some describe it as a ghost, but the most common form is described of that as a small creature with dark hair that looks like the mix of a dog and a rabbit, which sounds pretty creepy in and of itself, even for me I have to say. Uh, they can be found in rural Ireland, and they were said to bring either good or bad fortune to those that appear to. But they're also fond of a wee bit of mischief, little Irish you there. So this is often referenced as a drunken journey home. Yeah, where the puka is said to have been found... Or fond, rather, of transforming into a horse... by eyes are bad, so pardon me. So when it did transform into a horse... It went outside the pubs... For drunks to stumble out before making their way home. So... The horse would offer the weary drinker... a lift home. So, if the guy took him up... Or if the gal... If the lass or the lad took him up, I guess... Those who climbed aboard would be taken on a ride through lakes and over trees. Okay, so when they got off, still full of the drink, they'd be shaken but unaware of what just taken place. So, you know, it's it's a mischievous thing, you know. The puka the puka across the street, a dog and a rabbit. get a shape shifter as well, I guess, right? Those shape shifters, man, you gotta watch out for that, Number four? we have a powerful goddess and a powerful goddess, rather, in Irish folklore stories called the Morrigan. The Morrigan. And the picture, uh, which I'll include the link. So, the link that I'll include is tripcom slash irish-folklore for those of you who simply want to take a look at it. It'll be included in the description of the podcast for you to see. So, if you read our guide to, um, Suata de Danan, or something like that, or something, or a guide to Celtic gods and goddesses. You'll have come across the story of the Morrigan, which is a mysterious Celtic goddess that could shapeshift and was associated with war, death, and destiny. Wow, three things that totally could tie in together into one bigger plan, right? So, this was a book from 1870, the ancient Irish goddess. Morgan is described as being able to predict the impending death of warriors, kind of like a, a doomsday person, I guess, right? The doomsayer, or whatever. Kind of like the guy who ran through saying, Beware of the Eyes of March, that thing. So she has the power to um, terrify warriors about to enter battle and to influence the outcome of war. So imagine heading uh, into a fight to the death after being told, by a mythical figure that you were destined to lose. That's not exactly motivating, is it now? So the story of the Morgan and the Cú or something like that. C U and the C H U L A I N N is one of the many Irish legends. It still gets sold to this day. It tells of how the Morgan first encountered the warrior while he was defending Uster from Queen Maeve. Mayf- the Morgan falls in love with uh, Cooch and they had tried to seduce him before he entered the battle but he declined her advances and this of course infuriates the goddess and she's mad really 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 mad at the guy like nobody tells the Morgan, no right so it was this moment that ultimately led to the warrior's death because what best way to show your distaste in someone's rejection than to basically kill them. So, um, not long after he dies, uh, Irish Road Trip has a link in this uh, linking you to their guide to the Morgan. It's worth a look because that's a very interesting thing. Um, anyway, so we have number three, and this is one of the better known Irish legends. You hear a lot of people say, well she screamed like a banshee. This is a fact about the Banshee. It's one of the better known legends, totally amazing, right? Uh Banshee. And I've heard Banshee a lot, and I pictured it as many different things. Of course, again, depending on who's telling the story, surprise, surprise, the form changes quite a bit. Some will tell you that the Banshees take on the form of an old woman, while others say it's a fairy of sorts. I've always thought of a banshee as a woman who was older, in fact, like, not necessarily older, but just looked really, really kind of distorted and scary and stuff. I always thought a banshee was like a sort of a, I don't know, spirit that was just really annoying or something, like really loud and could foretell things, right? So, moving on in the article, and that was my whole perception of the thing. The one feature, which I don't know if you can guess it, you know, from all this, Scream like a Banshee, wail like a Banshee. The uh, only trait that is persistent in the Banshee is its wail. The Banshee is said to be an omen of death. See, I was right on, I guess. It's said that the Banshee's scream is a warning of impending death. Which is not exactly very uh, settling, because if you hear the banshee scream, you're going to die or something, or someone else will, I guess. Some people believe, though, if you hear the scream of a banshee, a member of your family will pass away soon. Others believe that each family in Ireland has its own banshee. That's pretty interesting. So if you live in Ireland, you have your banshee, and then they have uh, the Keening woman included in this particular entry if you click on their guides to the Banshee, which there are these links after each individual uh, story, basically, you'll hear the story of the keening woman. So apparently this is, this is an audio view. So the keening, the act of keening, it's a form of expressing grief for those who are dead or dying. Interesting fact, this practice was actually carried out by either one or a number of women and it's widely believed that these women were paid to do it. And um, it's here that myth starts to be reality. So back in the ancient times, there were a lot of people that were also paid to be mourners. Back in the ancient times, biblical times, all that. So this kind of reminds me of that, honestly. So it's been persistent all throughout history, really. Very persistent. Uh, Many say that one of the many Irish legends... This is the one that's influenced by old traditions. The Keening Woman is said to be where the legend of the Banshee stemmed from. So there you go, the origin of the Banshee was, uh, was a Keening Woman. A professional mourner, I guess, right? Coming in at number two, the Djarg, D-A-R-G, and then do like the library books are do. So this is one of the uh, Irish road trips favorite scary Irish folklore stories. I honestly can't wait to tell you about it, because this intrigues me to the max. So, coming in at number two, this is a telling of a tragic and really scary story of a woman turned red blood sucker. Okay? So, the story begins in a small town in Ireland where a young couple had fallen in love. Oh, it always starts with that, doesn't it? So, the man was a poor farm worker, while the woman is the daughter of a greedy villager. Sounds like a match made in heaven to me, right? So the father found out that the couple was courting and expressed his displeasure. He said, nope, no way. If his daughter married this peasant, he would not benefit. So he hatched a terrible, terrible plan just pure diabolical. So he knew of this local chieftain who who, uh, possessed great wealth, and he would be a better suitor. So he travels to meet this chieftain and offered his daughter hand in marriage in return for. So the chieftain, of course, says, "Yeah, sure," and the pair were wed. It's basically a marriage out of deceit. You know, it's it's two young people in love. Leave them be, I guess, right? That's not hurting anything. But this greedy, greedy villager decides he's going to mess up the entire plan. So where did the blood sucker come from, right? The chieftain, of course, he's a real juror. Instead of going around town taking to his wife to dinner or whatever, he decides to lock her up for weeks on end. And at first she fought, but after a time she gave up and she eventually died. And that's where he screwed up ultimately, because the woman's spirit was restless and was desperate for revenge. Soon after her burial, the woman awoke and drug herself out of the grave. Her first stop was Danny Dearest's house. And after crying over the bedroom window, she pounced on him as he slept and sank her teeth into his neck and drank his blood. And then she goes to the chieftain's house and says, I'll show this dude. And he means the same thing. So after consuming the blood, the woman felt energy that she had never experienced before. Nothing like some good old positive or old negative to get you going. My blood type is personally negative, literally in joke, double meaning, I guess. So she developed a thirst for it, as all vampires do, and they have a link you can click to find out a lot more about this uh, red bloodsucker. Yeah, that's uh, the chieftain. He doesn't sound like he's a very good guy. In my opinion, he got what he deserved. So, the time has come the scariest of the Irish legends, the Abhartach. A-B-H-A-R-T-A-C-H, or aka the Irish Vampire. This sounds like something I would do, of course, joking, but, you know, imagine telling a child about Tandibet, a story about a vampire that lives in Ireland, and, uh, it's, it's, uh, pretty interesting. There's been many different legends heard about this, this over the years from many different storytellers. Each story tends to vary a little, but most follow it, and it's a very similar tale that all began with a historian, a historian rather, named Patrick Weston Joyce. So he publishes a book in 1869 titled The Origin of the History of Irish Names and Places. It was in this book that the world was first introduced to this vampire. So the book tells a wicked dwarf that possessed powerful uh that possessed powerful magic around her, and it was said to terrorize villagers near where he lived. Then after reaching their wits end, the villagers convince a local chieftain to kill the dwarf. I wonder if it's that same chieftain that kinda locked up his wife until she died. Anyway, let's see what happens to this chieftain.
0: I'm pretty sure there was more
1: than one chieftain in all our alright? So the search didn't take long, the chieftains I believe it was uh Yok or something like that. Uh somebody needs to really let me know what this all is pronounced like. So he finds and he kills the dwarf and then burying him upwards in a field, and the villagers were overjoyed. They said, Yay, the evil dwarf is dead, which is you know, something I'd say as well if it was causing trouble. But of course their happiness was very short. The following morning the dwarf is right back. It's like the cat came back, the dwarf came back. Now they just came to say dwarf, it's so politically incorrect, but back then they called the dwarfs, so burn me at the stake on this one, but not my words. Anyway, so basically how had the dwarf arrived back? Well he had basically escaped his grave and had returned with a fury that terrified the villagers. So they sent words to the great chieftain, he returned and he killed the dwarf the second time so he <laughs> so he buries the dwarf again and again and the villagers are relieved however the very next day the dwarf escaped again uh, like a houdini i guess right so uh, this time well he's really mad right so he spreads his terror right the way across ireland is your is it right the way across ireland yeah so he all over ireland feel the wrath of the almighty evil <laughs> I guess. And I can't imagine like what kind of power this thing had, I mean it must have been pretty bad to terrify the living out of everybody. So the chieftain was puzzled and decided to consult a local druid. There you go. The druid explained that the chieftain must kill the dwarf and bury him upside down. The chieftain tried this and it worked. Fine. Always bury it upside down. And um, I hear a lot of people say they want to be buried upside down. So the world can kiss their butt or whatever. So I guess uh, I guess if you ever encounter an evil dwarf, bury the guy upside down, right? That works. And of course they have a guide to the art. And this was a really greatly written article. Very uh, special thanks to the author, Keith O'Hara, for doing this. Can't get any more Irish than the last name of O'Hara, right? So, um, I am incredibly, incredibly glad that I was able to find this because maybe, just maybe, you could go to uh, irishroadtrip.com and uh, check it out because it is an amazing, amazingly written article on a very amazing site. I'm fascinated with Ireland. I'm going to go there one day and visit some of the haunted places. Really, Irish Road Trip is more than just that. The website, they actually have guides to places like um, Antrim and um, Donegal and Kerry and Dublin, all the places you hear of. Cork, and uh, if I click on Cork, let's see here. Uh, basically, it shows these things to do the towns and villages, uh, the Iries. Ireland itself is awesome. The Irish people are really cool. I like their personalities, I like their legends, I love their culture, but I just can't really see myself drinking in a pub, especially since I'm sober currently over a year and four months. Thank you. So, yeah, definitely check out TheIrishRoadTrip.com and tell them that I'm from sixty six Shock Avenue sent you. If they ask, which they probably won't, they probably wouldn't know who I am. That's alright though. Yeah, definitely, definitely check out the website. You'll thank me later, trust me. Well, it appears that we have come to the end of another episode of 666 Shock Avenue, Season 4, Episode 1. Uh, cheers on that, you know. Always, always glad to have you with us, and uh, we were happy to have you along for the ride. Stay tuned for the thing that lives in my basement that I forgot about. He is going to tell you how you can support the show, and how you can help us move up in the podcasting rings. Of course, that is by rating us five stars. The thing that lives in my basement that I forgot about, you don't have to tell them anything like that, because I already told them to rate us five stars. So anyway, that's pretty much what I have to say now. And so we'll turn it over to the thing that lives in my basement that I forgot about to tell you more. Special thanks to the Irish road Trip.com and Mr. Har's article on the wonderful Irish legends, the folklore, the scary stuff. Oh, uh, we love that kind of stuff here. If you have a show suggestion, send me an email at mail.com and let us know, and we'll be happy to consider it. Also, check us out on YouTube. Uh, videos will be going up soon. They will indeed be going up soon, yes. I have to make videos, and... Some special features, of course, for the YouTube channel that you don't get here, and something I'm proud to give to you as a listener. So, without further ado, I'll turn it over to the thing that lives in my basement that I forgot about. This concludes this episode of 666 Shock Avenue. Take care of yourselves, and we'll see you next time.
2: You have been listening to 666 Shock Avenue. Grateful to be here on this season, more, and
0: still here.
2: Don't forget to become a Patreon member and of interest in an Email the show at realmandnightmares at mail.com. Don't forget to like our Facebook page, 61366 Studios, Straight Deck for 2 Productions, and 666 Shock Avenue. This episode was recorded at 61366 Studios in Lawton, Oklahoma. Don't forget to check out our YouTube channel for 66 Shock Avenue. More details coming soon on more YouTube channels that you can check out. Don't forget to listen for 3AM Chills. A preview episode coming soon. This has been a production of Street Tech for 2 Productions, copyright 2022. Till next time,
0: ignore the beast under your bed.